1: If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your clothes, what you you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you, not, are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labour or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So, I've set the heart of this talk as do not worry which for five or six minutes on a Thursday morning is quite the challenge. Um, However, I'm going to try and input at least some wisdom um, this morning, hopefully. As some of you will see in your Bibles, this passage is actually broken up into two sections. The first section is Treasures in Heaven, and the second is titled Do Not Worry. Now, Jesus is saying a a ton through these words, um, and I'm going to try and highlight one thing from each section, which will tie together but if there's a sentence which I can help describe which contains both passages together it is this, the righteousness of the kingdom works out in the details of one's personal life and this kingdom working must start with foundation and this is what brings us into the first part of our passage which is treasures in heaven. You'll see in verse 24 it says that no one can serve two masters. Who are these two masters? They are God and they are money. And what does it say about these two masters? It says either you will hate the one or love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both. One may think that Jesus saying God and money is actually strange. Why doesn't Jesus say Satan or the flesh or the world? But Jesus goes for money. Why? I think it's because here Jesus is illustrating something that we see later on in scripture, especially in Matthew. In Matthew 19, we see a rich young ruler, a rich young man come to Jesus and he says, Jesus, what must I do to achieve eternal life? What must I do to get eternal life? And Jesus tells him to sell all he has. But the rich young man goes away sorrowful because he has a lot of things. The outcome of this is that wealth is deceptive. Of course, wealth can be used by God, and I'll come to that in a minute. But Jesus uses wealth in this way. Uh, in our passage, to illustrate that wealth can fool a person into thinking that he or she is self-sufficient apart from God. So in our passage, I think we see the split at the start between dependence on God or independence on ourselves. Serving God or serving ourselves. So going back to the start of the passage, we see, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And as I was kind of reading this, it prompted a question within me it said, and that went like this. It said, is Jesus the treasure of my heart? We see this earlier on in the Psalms. The psalmist talks about this. And also, again, it's, it's reinforced here. Am I delighting in him? Is he the treasure of my heart? Because here and throughout scripture, we see those who are in fully service to God, uh, not uh, comfortable, not necessarily comfortable or have lots of things or have lots of safety but those who are fully in surrender to God are in communion with Him, they're in relationship with Him. And this is a beautiful, beautiful thing we see time and time again. And I'm saying this for myself first and foremost. I want more of that. And I want to be someone who completely, in full abandon, surrenders myself in delight and in joy to God. I want Him to be the treasure of my heart first and foremost. And that's where that first passage kind of ends. I want him to be the foundation of my heart by being the treasure of my heart. And this is what really well leads us into the second passage. It says, do not, Jesus says, do not worry. Now, if you're taking notes, great. If not, I recommend you start. But if you're not, that's okay. If you're looking at the first part of the passage, foundation, next part, produce. Now, the produce is either going to be faith or worry. Now, if you're sat here like me, you're thinking and connecting the dots. Okay, George, I get it. If Jesus is the foundation of my heart, um, the produce, if if he is the complete foundation, my heart, my love, my everything, then from that will come complete, full faith. And to that I say, yes and amen. Um, However, we are broken and we are sinful beings who are not perfect, walking in a sinful and broken world. However, this is where sanctification is so key. And this word sanctify just means to become more and more like Jesus through abandon and surrender to him. This is a process and it takes time. It takes a lifetime. And even then, we will never be perfect in it. However, beautifully and mysteriously, we can walk with the one who is and walk with the one who is perfect. And when we fall, we don't look to ourselves. We look to him. Jesus says again and again, do not worry, do not worry, do not worry. And Jesus says, your heavenly father knows that you need these things. And then here comes the antidote to worry, which Jesus uh, puts so well. He says, but seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. I said right back at the start, the righteousness of the kingdom of heaven works out itself in the details of one's personal life. Jesus calls us to choose him as master and lay a foundation of delight, joy and light in him to set him as the treasure of our heart. And when we do this, out of that delight, joy and treasuring will spring forth a produce that doesn't look to ourselves in time of worry, but looks to him. And it ensures that our money is used in the right way. Like I said earlier, money is not a bad thing. But it is when it becomes about us and about self-sufficiency, but when we acknowledge that it is first and foremost from God from a delight in him, we use that money for his glory. A question that we all have and I have is that we is that we um, when we come to these kind of things, yes and amen and that's amazing and I hope that has the spirit has done something. but also what does this look like practically in our lives? and one way I'm just going to touch on because you don't have much more time, is this, is that we can put worry to death by slaying it with the Holy Spirit through his word. In 2 Corinthians we read, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. When we worry, and if the master of independence and self-sufficiency comes knocking, We know through his word, we can rebuke him with truth, through his promises. And we must cling to this truth, even when we don't feel like it. Because truth is still truth, even when we don't feel it. And I love this lyric from a band called United Pursuit, which just says, So take your worries, fears and shame, and lay them down at the feet of Jesus. Delight in him, through his word and in prayer. These must be our foundations. So my question is, and and Jago is going to lead us in prayer in just a second, is where is my heart? Is it delighting in God or in independence? In Romans, we are called to be people of the spirit and to put flesh to death. And that is where self-control comes in. Self-control is the discipline of continuously putting the flesh to death and living in the spirit. So I just pray that Lord Jesus, you will just remind us of who we are, of who you are first and foremost what you have said is true, of who you say we are in you. And Lord Jesus, I pray that we just delight in that truth alone. And that when other things come knocking, Lord, we rebuke them with your truth. Let us delight in you alone. And when we do this, worry will fade away.
0: Amen. Thanks so much, George. Uh, George uh, challenged us, is God the treasure in our own hearts? And so we thank God that we are the treasure of his heart, and we prayed for ourselves that we might be those where God is the treasure of our hearts. We also prayed for those who are struggling with financial issues at the moment, and those who are struggling with worry issues. We also praised God at the start of the meeting, and we praised God using uh, Psalm 30, which was the psalm that uh, President Biden quoted from in his uh, inauguration speech. Thanks so much for praying.